Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. This is Michelle Hayward from Positive Hire, and I'm so excited because first I want to kick this off by saying Happy New Year, Happy 2023. I can't believe it feels like we're still stuck in like the warp of 2020, but we're going to talk about that <laughs> <laughs> because this year I'm kicking it off with something new and different. Y'all know I like to I like to change it up. I like to you know sort of like my hair. Y'all like who is this with this straight hair? You ain't seen her since 2014. I'm back. Not really. It's a blowout. But I have <laughs> I have a, a co-host um, here with me, Melissa Ambers, who is the CEO and founder of Strategic Blueprint Consulting LLC. She one of my people. So she is a guru extraordinaire in project management with over 20 years of experience. And so she focuses in operations for communications and operations for manufacturing companies. And y'all know, I'm an engineer. I've worked in manufacturing. And you trying to talk to us? Woo, you got to be a good person. So, so <laughs> Melissa is over in Texas. You know, the dirty talk to the dirty. I'm in South Carolina. That's how we do. We're going to be talking <laughs> about communications, specifically in manufacturing facilities. Um, and some of this can translate to other industries, but that's where we're going. That's our zones of, you know, the industries we've worked in. But Melissa, can you tell everybody more about you? Because I know and love you, but I think my viewers and listeners would love to want to know more about you as well. Yes, I can. Dirty to dirty, as she puts it. <laughs> I am Melissa Ambers. I am in Houston, Texas. And, um, I am the owner and founder of Strategic Blueprint Consulting, as Michelle said, and we have been rated as one of the top emerging change management companies in 2022. And we work with, uh, you know, industries and manufacturing, um, supply chain with uh, operations and communications. And, you know, Michelle and I, you know, we ran across each other on social media and we're, we were in some groups together. And from there, just seeing what each other are doing and kicking it off. So we are the process queens. I'm claiming the title. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We we have somebody out in Oakland, California, way over in Oakland. Um, and they're saying, I'm going to need y'all to clean up some of that dirty. <laughs> we have <laughs> We have environmental guidelines in California. Look, Cali. Um, what Put we your do mask. Is, you'll be all right. Put your mask. You'll be good. <laughs> so so we're we going to work on that, right? Right, Giselle? Um, we're going to be talking about communications and layoffs. And we're going to be coming to the Bay because we're going to be talking a bit about Twitter. Twitter ooh, ooh. and layoffs <laughs> and, and communications. So... If you want to talk about cleanup, I need you to go to the valley and you know start at Twitter, okay? Uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> so uh -oh. now y'all see why I got with Melissa because we having fun talking. You know, it is very important. So I know I, I recently did a post on LinkedIn a few hours ago about being somebody that has been laid off and understanding the importance of how to communicate with employees during a layoff. And I think it's really important that we have these conversations about who's doing it right, who's doing it better than others, and where there's areas for improvement. So, Melissa, I'm going to turn it over to you 
to get the conversation started um, about layoffs and communications because this is truly your lane. I'm I'm trying to learn like how how do I need to say that? What I need? To, okay, <laughs> I got you. They'll be getting yeah. on me. Go ahead, okay. Melissa. <laughs> well, you know, with layoffs and communication, you know, so many organizations they are just stuck in that mindset of it's our company. We're the boss. We're, you know, in control. We're, you know, doing all of these things. So, um, you know, all of those things, check the boxes. Uh, we all have our terms for it. But um, with communications, it, it pretty much boils down to the lack of respect. Even though I may be an employee of your organization, and if you are doing a layoff, I think because I am an employee, I've invested my time to work at this organization that I still should have some type of respect of um, what's coming. And sometimes, you know, depending on the situation, sometimes there's not a lot of um, um, advanced notice that they may give you, but they can definitely give you some type of notice. And, you know, sometimes companies will offer some extra, you know, assistance that, you know, if we're laying you off, we'll do our best, put our HR staff on to help you with finding another job, make sure you have letters of recommendation and all of those things to help you in your journey to finding, you know, some employment. But some companies, it's like they just see you later. And that's the unfortunate part that uh, we have with a lot of these companies. And this is why a lot of candidates now are shifting the way they're looking for employment. Because it, yes, I need a job. Yes, I am applying to your organization, but I'm looking for something different. It's just like if you go buy a, a car and you had a specific model and you just was fed up with it. The maintenance, the customer service, uh, the marketing, everything about it just was not right. You were not able to get resolutions. You kept having issues. So what are you going to do? You're not going to deal with that brand anymore. You're going to go to a different brand. It's no different with uh, these companies. Um, they're so large now that the decision makers are so high up. They don't see and really tune into what's going on um, in these other lower level departments when they are laying off these employees. Yes, they know layoffs are happening. Yes, they know what percentage or number that's going to be laid off. And they might even know it all the way down to exactly what departments are losing how many employees, but they don't have that process in place. They don't have a, a communication framework in place to you know, have that process where they can follow that process. So I think that's where a lot of those things are um, falling off and that it's not being communicated effectively and employees are feeling a certain type of way and they're just simply fed up. And that's why it's a constant rotating door through a lot of these organizations right now. They can't find the right candidate. Um, and when they think they have found the right candidate, it's not because they were vanity hiring. They wanted the pretty paper, the pretty degrees, but no experience or either minimal experience. And they bring these people in and paying them, you know, if not top dollar, a, a nice salary. And they're, they don't know how to execute. They come in, do bare minimum and just sit and twiddle their thumbs. So, but, you know, I could go on and on and on about, you know, this, Michelle. So it's, it's just, you know, the organizations have to change 
the way that they are treating employees. I, I absolutely agree. I'm just thinking, I was thinking about, about when I got laid off. And so coming out of that company, I'd been there for 12 years. And when I got the call, it wasn't actually from my like reporting manager for my last role, because we were structured a bit different on how we did mm -hmm. projects in that organization. I got it from my senior director. And that senior director, I probably had worked under in his department for probably five years, easy. Mm -hmm. um, in those five years, he had never communicated with me directly. Wow. Um, and so when he called and left me a message, he said, hey, you can call me back or HR. I call HR back. The HR mm -hmm. rep, I talked to her more in my time with the organization that I, I'd never spoken to him. And so when I called her, she said, well, why did you call me? I said, well, why would I call him? He, I've never spoken to him the entire 12 years I worked for the company or the five years that I reported to him. And so I think if you're going to do one-on-one -on -one calls, to, I think it's important to do one-on-one -on -one calls with your employees, but who's the person to do those one-on-one -on -one calls? Is it somebody they've never had a relationship with, they've never had um, mm -hmm. contact with? And sometimes you have more front-facing, maybe junior level people, you're like, hey, they really shouldn't be doing the calls, then maybe you need to be doing du dual calls with the HR person and a manager so that employee knows they're like, yeah, it takes a larger bandwidth. It does. But remember, you did not put in the work beforehand. And if you didn't structure and do those communications beforehand, you really have to think about what, what you're now going to have to do is what you put it off. The you didn't study for the test. Guess what? It's test day. You mm -hmm. have to show for what you have and what you're given. And, and they, they don't go about doing that very, very well. And I think that just depends on certain departments. The previous department I had been in, that senior director had interviewed me. Um, I stayed in touch. He did all hands call with his, his teams so you could report in on what you were working on on a project. So mm -hmm. even though I worked remotely, I didn't work in an office. I worked on a construction site. So I may only meet or work directly with three or four people in my in my in my department mm -hmm. for three or four years. And I switched roles and I'm working with a different three or four people. <laughs> and then another three or four years I'm switching, but it's 300 people in that department. I've worked with 12 and we're all, you know, a good bit of us are remote. And I think people, organizations are struggling right now with remote work. Number one, you didn't know how to do communications when your employees were in the office and you mm -hmm. want them to come back because you still lack skill set on how to communicate. And I, I did a talk, I was on a panel in December and I was like, you don't know how to manage in the office, which is why you're failing outside of the office. So you need to go back and train. And I think coming in, organizations need to bring people in to help them understand how to do better communications, as you said, overall, because they fail at communications, they don't know how to build relationships. And the last thing I will say is when organizations see, or or potential um, candidates or talent see how you lay off and what the response is from those employees, it, it makes a huge impact. And I, this was something I mentioned on the panel um, I was on last week was people like, hey, we're having difficulty hiring people because we want them to come back in the office or it's hybrid. I said, well, first of all, we talk about you. And they started laughing like, no, we really talk about you. We share what your interviewing process is. We share how bad your job postings are. We share how horrible it is to work there. It is mm -hmm. not because your salary is too low. 
it is because right now where we are in technology and in social media and in online communities, we are sharing these things that oftentimes you don't see. And so it is negatively impacting you. And you don't know you need to be changing what's going on inside your organization because you're still perceiving it as 1999 and not 2023. And, and the organizations aren't controlling the narrative as they were in 99 as to what they show out in social because we're talking about it. And I think it's important that you communicate. Communication can help change that. So I want us to turn back to, to some, some people. We've talked about the negative side and some of what organizations can do differently. I wanna, I wanna talk about somebody I bought up, an organization I bought up on the West Coast. And then we're gonna talk about another organization on the West Coast, the one that didn't do some things well with layoffs, Twitter. So let me, <laughs> let, let's talk about Twitter. We're gonna, we're gonna try to keep this succinct and down like six, seven minutes. Let's, <laughs> let's, talk, let's talk about Twitter for a minute. What are your thoughts on Twitter's layoffs? First off, when you granted when a, a new management comes in or owner come in, everyone knows it's going to be some changes. Things are going to happen. He want to come in and rattle the cages and, hey, here I am. And some come in want to beat their chest. Hey, hear me roar. But with Twitter, I think it was just a tidal wave. It was. It wasn't no. I don't think it was even. Hey, hear me roar. It was just like a. You know, it just came in and all of these things started happening. And then it's like the tidal wave happened. It's like, oh, wait, we may have screwed up a little bit. Hey, do you want to come back? Let us offer you a job. Then it was like, get another tidal wave. Hey, do you want to come back? We want to offer you a job. So it was it was no thought process. It, it, it showed there was absolutely no thought process. And everyone was like, um, you know, I would say we dog paddling, we just barely above the water. It's like so many was doing that and just trying to breathe and stay afloat. There was like, let's just do it. Let's just do it. Nobody sat down and said, okay, hold on. Let's put together a process. Let's figure out how we're going to do this. Look at the people from seniority to, you know, less than six months. How are we going to do this? If it's going to be severance for the long-term employees, what does that include? How are we going to do that? Is it percentage base? Is it lump sum? What is that going to, what's going to happen? And that was a huge, not only I think mistake with Twitter, but it also gave the employees a completely different mindset, whether they stayed there, came back, or they went somewhere else, that now they have their defenses up on the lack of respect, the lack of just really giving me the the treating me like a human um that's where a lot of people forget that we are all human we have families we have cardinals we have house notes we have you know groceries all of these different things that we have to take care of and i had no warning you just came in and like wiped me out like you know this huge flood that just came in no warning i even though i may try to run from it and stay afloat and do what I had to do. I still got caught in that flood and was washed out. And I think that, you know, shows how organizations should really, you know, think about what you're doing before you do it. Even though you may want to change some things because they haven't been right or whatever the case may be, get a process in place. And part of that is the communication process. How are you going to communicate this to 
all of these individuals, not, you know, company employees, individuals, these humans, these people, how are you going to communicate this to them? And again, you know, of course, looking at seniority and all these different things, but having that communication and plan can make a huge difference. And it wouldn't have been in the news the way they would have been in news. It would have been like any other company. Hey, Twitter had a layoff. But the way that he did it just gave it so much negative impact that people start falling off the platform. You know, I don't know what the number is now because so many people just started dropping. Some came back, but people just started dropping because even though they didn't work at Twitter, simply because of the way he did. So it didn't just uh, affect internally. And that's what organizations don't realize. What you do internally affects external and your consumers because they are watching, especially a company like Twitter. They are watching, they're looking, they're seeing what's happening. And then with the name of Elon Musk, who doesn't know that name, right? You know, let's see what he's going to do. So they're looking at all of this. And um, I don't know if it happened or not, but I wouldn't be surprised if this actually started affecting, you know, Tesla just because of him being a part of both of these organizations that people are powerful. When they start standing together and they start seeing things, they are powerful. And then, of course, it went in news that, okay, he lost, uh, what, did 200 billion? I'm like, wait, what? Is that a real number? Did y'all say that right? <laughs> you know, for you to lose that type of money, and I'm sure it's a lot of other things factors into that, but um, treating people like, like a human, coming up with a communication plan, being transparent, letting people know, giving them a warning, not just send out a mass email, hey, you're done today. How rude. You know, it's, you know, how how dare you just send me an email to say I'm done? Um, so I think that was a huge mistake on how that was handled. And this message can still go to any other organization. How are you handling your layoffs? Even if it's a restructuring, how are you handling that? Because even though you may just be restructuring and putting someone in a different position, they're still they still are a person. They still have feelings, there's emotions with that. Um, especially someone that's been that long term. And it could be a demotion. And it could be, okay, I've been here 30 years and now you want to put me in a position where I've only been here like five years and give, you know, it's like I'm putting back promotion. So um, it's, it's really looking at that and coming up with that plan. And I always tell a lot of people, get a third party to come in and help you with that plan. Because a lot of your internal employees are biased because they're there. They know what they want and how they want it to run. So they're going to kind of pull more to one side than the other. But a third party that can come in and handle that for you and work with your internal team, they're going to give you the exact what it is. These are the recommendations and how, you know, things can happen and what the return of that is. Um, and you won't end up keep having these type of uh, problems. Absolutely. I, I, I want to go into a couple of things you said. Bringing in a third party, I think, does a few things. We don't always see the gaps in our own processes and procedures, or we don't yeah. see them well, or we don't think they're a major issue. And so... Twitter, like a lot of companies during the pandemic, like, hey, you can work from anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important when you have certain policies like that, 
practices like that, let's call that a practice, and your policies don't align to those practices, how do you get them in alignment to do a layoff, right? Or to do an announcement? And, and, I, and I think it's really important. If we go back and look at a large beverage company, I won't call the name, they've done a lot of restructuring over the last, let's say, 23 years. We're just going to start from 2000, the 9 2000 to 2023. <laughs> yeah. What they usually will do is let their employees know we're doing a restructure. Mm-hmm. And that really helps the the employee kind of decide, like you said, they're 30 years in. Do I want to, are y'all often start asking questions going home? Like, what are our finances? Can I take early retirement? You know what? I've been wanting to leave here anyway. Let me see if I'm going to be able to get a severance package, take a few months off. And then there are going to be those people like, I want to say, I love what I do here, or I don't want to leave because everybody else is trash. But how do you communicate that? And a lot of organizations take the standpoint, oh, people are going to take data and they're going to take files. Guess what? If they were going to do it on the way out, they were They've doing been it right. Doing it. <laughs> They've been doing it. A thief is a thief is a thief. They don't become a thief when you announce something. They've been right. doing it all the time. Um, and so organizations get more feel, fearful or, or retaliation. Trust mm-hmm. me, they already set up the bad code, the bad code as they've been working there over time, not all at once. And I think it's really, right. really important to say that if you have seemingly for the vast majority of your employees treated them well, you don't, you probably won't get a retaliation, mm-hmm. right? And, right? And so that goes to when organizations do this, how they know they have a bad culture, <laughs> how they know they really treated those, their people because they, and, and some people like, well, a friend of mine, when he got laid off, they locked him out of his cell phone. So he couldn't, somebody was like, Hey, I need to get something. He was like, I can't send you anything. Everything it's been locked out. You got to go to it. Well, it was an yeah. Apple product. And so they were trying to transmit information. He was like, well, that's it. That's you would have to email me at my personal mm-hmm. email. They had mm-hmm. practice where they couldn't share certain company information yeah. in private in personal email. So literally he just had, they just had um, products, right? Physical products. They can't even use because a, an employee got laid off. It, it was just very, very bizarre yeah. that you're spending a thousand dollars on iPhone, let's say maybe $500 and it's depreciating, but now you got to scrap everything off of it and go back to factory settings and everything. And so you lose that information. And so the other part of that, that I, something that you brought up was the fact the impact on customers. When mm-hmm. people leave, it's a transfer of knowledge that needs to be shared, transfer of, of expertise that you can't share. Um, mm-hmm. But of why did you do certain things and having that documentation. Sometimes on software side, people do very well with documentation. Some software developers like, I hate documentation. So there's, there ain't no documentation. You just walk in like, uh, what is this? And so I think it's really important that if you're going to do a layoff, you understand what the documentation, what the processes are. Are they well documented? And I remember mm-hmm. when I was manufacturing, the company I got hired for as an inside sales engineer. And they were moving manufacturing from Wisconsin to North Carolina. And they were laying off everybody in this manufacturing facility except for the planner. Mm-hmm. The planner gets to North Carolina facility. What they had done in Wisconsin, they'd taken all the manuals 
physical manuals on how to build out these pieces of equipment. This is this is like 04. This is early mm-hmm. 2000s. They got there. Guess what the employees had done? They pulled out pages out of the manual. You let everybody go. You didn't give us... A sep- they had pulled out pages out of the manual. The planner saved that organization. The planner couldn't even do her job because she had to sit on the plant floor teaching people in North Carolina how to manufacture stuff. And it was a, it was a very... This particular product, depending on the serial number, every letter and number in the serial number told you what component went in it. It was a 16. Mm-hmm. It was like, no, I love this. Don't, I nerded out on how they did this. But she spent more of her time. And so it was like this, They were, it was a new purchase, right? This organ, larger manufacturing company had bought this smaller mom and pop in a, in a rural part of Wisconsin that had been there for 40 years. And they still did retaliation for whatever reason. And the only saving grace was one employee. And but how do you, how do you, how even then, what could they have done better for the those employees? Because they did give them, I think, a decent severance, but maybe they didn't have, you know, a lot of job options locally. So mm-hmm. you also have to think about what is the overall impact depending on the locations of where where you're closing. And and it was it was very very different type of deal. So I keep thinking about different layoffs where I've come in as a new employee where I've been an employee let go. And then how did it impact the new employees that are picking up work? And then how are you doing, now you're delayed with um, sharing, sharing the, with your products, your manufacturing is now delayed because you only have one person. So you, I think organizations really do need to understand the overall impact. It's like, oh, we're going to cut it out. And the people that work there, they'll just figure it out. Guess what happens now? You want to quit because you're picking up the slack. They don't want to compensate you for anything. You work if your salary, you're working right. more than forty hours, so you just t- took a pay cut because you're doing two to three additional jobs. And so, mm-hmm. organizations really need to take into account when they make those cuts. And I think what on on the aspect of Twitter, it is a very open public type of sharing organization. And so employees like, yep, got locked out today. I'm not no longer at Twitter. <laughs> You know, if you're hiring, this is what I did. Or, but what was really good, I would say, on employees that were laid off. When we look at social, was hey, I really enjoyed working with with Melissa and Giselle and Stephanie. In these five years, we built one, two, and three to help customers A, B, and C, right? Yeah. And the impact they made on me as a person, and the impact we made for our our customers, mm-hmm. and seeing that makes you know you had culture in that organization or subcultures as I call it that really worked well and they were communicating outwardly Mm -hmm. if you could do that internal to your organization right and say Mm -hmm. hey I know we're getting laid off and you're going into your slack you're going into your teams and you're tagging your soon-to-be former co-workers and saying these things to them and I think it's really important to also get that opportunity for employees to say goodbye to each other, even if they're remote. And yeah. to and I and I was doing that on my way out. I was doing phone calls to people like, hey, I'm getting laid off, I'm getting let go. It's like, hey, here's my personal cell phone number, stay in touch. You don't right. always get that in the layoff. And I think it's really important mm-hmm. that, that you do that and that sometimes it's taken away. So um, let's talk about who did well, who has done a good job with layoffs back on the West Coast. Let's, let's go to the beginning of the pancetta there was a company that did well with layoffs. Who was that? Who do you think that was? 
Oh, I won't say well. I'll say they did better. They did better. Who who did better? I would say Airbnb. I would say Airbnb did a better job with layoffs. Okay. Um, and but you know, I I did not see a lot of negativity about that. So to me, that would say they did a good job internally. Because when you people are real quick to talk about some bad, they're real quick to put the bad out there, but they're not gonna put the good. And but you know, I talk. I mean, even with the culture, that shows how you've been treating your employees, right? That shows how you've been treating them. Because if you have not been treating them right and been treating like crap and just you know, and they're just like, let me just go get my check and go home. You know, if they're in that mentality, if you just you know, tidal wave them out, yeah. Nine times out of ten, you're gonna have a, a batch of them in there that's gonna want to do some sabotage. Yep. Cause because they're terminated is what you're gonna do, fire me. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's just how they do it. What you gonna do? Fire me. <laughs> you fire you fire so you know that they, they just kind of happen. But if you treat people with respect and take into consideration, I mean. In any company, you're going to have some bad apples. You know, that's just what it is. But if you do your best to treat people right, hey, they're going to have your back. Have your back. When acting up, they're going to have your back. It's like, no, no, you know, you to make my job bad. So it's treating people, you know, the right way. And with Airbnb, you know, with them, they, they had to do and because um, um, they're the company, right? That help that put the packages together to help them find jobs and stuff like that. So with that, I mean, they are. Th- that speaks volumes. That shows not only that they respect their employees, but they know we in a we in a place where do I want groceries? Do I want gasoline? We're gonna sit in the house over the weekend. We're gonna Netflix it, or you know what we're gonna do. Um, so it's, it's, you know, everybody's in that place and for them to put out there and say, okay, let us do what we can to help you find some employment. So you're not by yourself, so you don't feel alone. Having a company to do that for you. I mean, that just speaks volumes. I mean, who does that? Right. Um, we could probably count on one hand of companies that do that. And you might still have some fingers left over actually, you know, but, and I think a lot of companies shift to that is you know being positive changing that culture investing the time and money to make the change yes you may be you know spending some money now but look at the return you're going to get not only only but the employees they're going to start producing more productivity less customer complaints because if you're a team in the situation the customers have nothing to complain about so you're going to see that start trickling all throughout the uh, the organization. So I think part of that also is having a proper um, SOP in place, a digital SOP. Um, and I know some want the hand where you can touch it and flip it, fine. But you need to really have a digital and have two or three people that manage that. So if one of those people leave the company on their own or they're laid off or whatever, that somebody knows how to get in there and do what needs to be done and that they're updated on a regular basis. So, you know, having that one person like you were speaking of for feeling overworked because she's trying to, you know, redo everything, revamp all of these things and tra- and on top of that training 
everybody, that would be a huge help to have, you know, your SOP in place. Um, a lot of companies write one SOP. They don't look at it no more. They don't touch it. And just to say, all right, check the box. We have an SOP. But it has to be looked at. It has to be reviewed. It has to be updated. And that also speaks to their um, uh, employee value proposition, which is, you know, kind of like your mission statement. That is geared towards the candidate and not the consumer. And when you have that, that says who you are, what you are for what you're all about. So when that candidate is looking for employment, they're going to say, oh, okay, this is somewhere I want to be because your benefits are being there. Um, your any type of perks that you have, team building, uh, projects and whatever position or department it is, have some extra information written about that department. So they'll know who will I be working with because candidates are looking at who am I going to be with? Do I, do I have to sit next to somebody or work with somebody that I'm going to have to carry an Advil in my purse every single day? Can I go home without looking at the kids saying, just leave, give me a minute. I, don't, I need you to give me a minute. I don't need you. Don't talk to me right now. You want to go home welcoming. You want to go home and, you know, say, play with the kids, talk to the husband, you know, and just, I'm not saying be jolly, but, you know, be in a space where you can, you can operate. But when you're in a space where you got to, you know, hold on, give me a minute. I'll go park down the street at the park or something and sit in that car until you can decompress before you go home, you don't want to work at a place like that. So I think, you know, changing the culture, putting together a really good EVP and your SOPs, that that's going to help people, um, you know, when they're looking for these jobs and when they're doing things. So I think that is something a lot of people should look at. Absolutely. I, I absolutely agree. They, they need to, I want to start back with, um, the great company, uh, I'll say Airbnb, I won't say a great company, but uh, what they did that was different, like you said, is helping employees get jobs. So they switched their talent acquisition people who were um, trying to recruit people to the company. Mm -hmm. They made them help. They were having them help those that were staying, right? Because some talent acquisition people were let go, but they helped them find the employees getting let go, help them find jobs. Airbnb also built its own talent marketplace where it said, hey, these are our employees we're letting go. Because organizations, let's be, let's be honest, they're like, well, you were let go for Airbnb, Airbnb, you must not be that good. Um, that's not necessarily so. You they have to make a decision. So, you know, oftentimes like, who do we let go? Is it the the last one in? Is the first one out? And Is it's a hard decision it, sometimes. Exactly. What, what criteria are they using? So it's not mm -hmm. as though the person, you got to think about, it, they were there, so they have to be talented. And yeah. what do they bring to your organization? And so them openly, the organization on itself, building out a talent marketplace speaks volume. What we've seen often is employees that were impacted by the layoff, creating a Google form and mm -hmm. an outward facing list to for other companies like, hey, this is us over at Peloton that were let go or another organization that is run by a former employee, not by the organization. Yeah. That's what mm -hmm. we're seeing most times. And it's important to understand that communicates and that translates differently to um, talent and um, future employees or candidates to about your organization. And how do you help the employees that, that 
are no longer with the organization due to a layoff or a rift reduction in force, whatever you're calling right. it. And and you you aren't think about it as as communication, but it really, really is. And I and you have to take into account what it was like, well, well, we did one, two, and three. Nobody know that. Yeah. We don't know you offer resume services, LinkedIn profile services. What are you doing to communicate also very clearly mm-hmm. to them? And I remember just getting a third party, like, hey, you can get feedback about the company via our third party. Uh, <laughs> and sometimes employees aren't going to do it. Like, I was the only one laid off. I'm not about to tell y'all how bad it was there. I'm not going to respond. But I will go to Glassdoor <laughs> or I yeah. will talk about it in private Slack communities and Facebook mm-hmm. and LinkedIn whatever and so really understanding also how do we get that feedback from from the um, employees on the way out but also while they were there as part of our communications and a value we bring to organizations so that we know where to improve while they're here um, and in their engaged in the company culture but also on the way out because all of it shows our company culture um, right the SPs, that's the whole <laughs> That's, that's your space. What I will say from our aspect is looking and doing an assessment on organizations, practices, policies, and procedures to see where they need to have SOPs or where each department or team has different SOPs. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what's the organization's take on it or why is theirs different? Does it need to be different? Does yeah. manufacturing, um, does operations need to be different from IT? different yeah. different yeah. engineering different from sales and it's like well no everybody's supposed to be under the same thing so you haven't been monitoring how they come up with their processes for layout so yeah. what so who's <laughs> what and i think it's really important to get to get back to the basics of mm-hmm. creating sops and they may change right you we had a pandemic and they were like how do we stay safe in a manufacturing facility so you had to change how right. you had to how your production floors, how many people could be there, how who could how many people could be on break, how many people could be in the break room. Um, if you had to space out chair tables and chairs, so you had to take out tables and chairs, but you only have so many maintenance people in the room to take out tables and chairs. <laughs> right. So you right. you shown that you can do it, but mm-hmm. can you do it in a way that is communicated clearly through the organization? And and what does that look like? really has to be tighter and has to be closed in for organizations. Um, the last thing I want to say is let's talk about what they can do, what they can do to make it better for employees. And, and we're going to share something. We'll tell you, I think Melissa has a QR code where you can get, we just put together a quick sheet of some action, actionable steps you can mm-hmm. take to really share organizations can take to improve their communication. So what can organizations do so that communication, especially for layoffs, is much better? Um, One of the things that they can do is um, I've put together a real small, like simple communication framework because I think keeping it really simple and not, you know, complex and just doing, doing the most, you know, unnecessarily. So the first thing has been accessible. And that's communicating clearly and direct uh, with your employees Um, and just really being transparent, being available for questions and really open to answering those questions and listening to their concerns and not just this is the way it is. You know, be able to give them an answer. And even if you don't know the answer, 
you know, let them know. Give me a minute. Let me find out or redirect them to, you know, the person that could probably answer that question for them. The next thing is actionable. And that's inspiring others to take action. And that can be, you know, their, their co-workers or somebody else within the organization is, you know, what action can they take to make this transition easier? Um, you know, do they need help with certain things? And not everybody, you know, coming up and, oh, I'm so sorry, or, oh, I, I hate that they laid you off. That's not helping. That's not action. That's not really showing you're caring, especially if you're a person that really didn't, you know, deal with that person. But actually, in a sense, how can we help? And sincerely mean that. And for it to come from the organization, for example, Airbnb, for it to come from the organization, that's a really good actionable type of uh, communication that they did with their employees. Um, credible. Focusing on the communication skills necessary to build trust and credibility. So when you're looking at, you know, creating that, you know, credibility and everything, you want to do all, all of those, those different things, um, you know, for the employees, you know, making sure that they're there, <clears throat> that they are there and they understand um, everything that needs to be done. And, um, listening before you speak, one of those things is that a lot of managers and supervisors, because we all go in with our guard, we're armored, we, we suit up, we got our armor on, we're ready for battle. Take off the armor and just be open and just say, okay, you know, let's talk. Let them come in and have a conversation without it being tense and you're tight shouldered and all of that. Relax and just have a conversation. You got to remember these persons, these people just laid off. They're, you know, some of them are going to be more upset than others. Some are, you know, in their head trying to figure out how am I going to, you know, pay my bills. Even if they have one or two months saved up, that one or two months is going to come by and fly through like that. What are we going to do? So it's, you know, going through all of their savings and everything and just trying to make sure that, you know, they are available and that, you know, they can go through, you know, some of these things. Um, the information overload, you, you, we, we tend to go in and we just start talking and just giving all of this information and it's too much. Give the highlights, the necessary things of what you need to do, who to contact, where to go, what to do, and all of the other information that they may or may not need. Hand that to them in a pamphlet or handout or something like that. So um, I think, is it one more? Did I miss one? Scrolling down one more. Um, okay, yeah. So, and then, yeah, on this one, 67% of employees increase productivity when communication is clear and to the point. And like we were saying, you know, throughout this entire conversation is being clear, get to the point and not give a lot of extra. Um, be open to the conversation, listening, at, uh, let them ask the question, giving them answers, uh, helping them to find out the answers that they need if you don't know. So really just being available and it makes a difference. It really does make a difference because even though you may have laid off a person, guess what? If they had to go on, you know, Glassdoor, Indeed or any of the other sites or even, you know, social media, they're going to say, you know, hey, this was a good company. They did X, Y, Z. They really looked out for me. Um, 
you know, they, they, they tried to help me to do, you know, this. So be open to the process, be willing to, to do, you know, some of those things that, that is needed. And before you know it, you know, you're going to have uh, the opportunity to, um, to, to work with that employee. You're going to have, be able to find the right candidates because they have, you have a good, you know, background. And even if somebody was laid off from that company, because you never know who knows who. Even if somebody was laid off of that company and I decide I want to apply and I may call Michelle and say, hey, Dean, you work for such and such. Yeah, they was a good company. They did X, Y, Z. But if they treated her wrong and just really didn't care, trust me, she's going to say it and not work for you, even though you're like, oh, we have to get that person in here because I know they could do X, Y, Z. They have the experience, all of this. They're not going to kind of want to come and work for your company because of those reasons. So really, you know, think about, you know, investing the time to have a, a clear communication, review all of your current communication process that you may have in place right now, review them, I mean, in detail. And it really should be handled by a third party, an unbiased party, so you can get the, the true assessment that you need. And not only that, it gives the opportunity for that person to come in and talk to, internally to a variety of people throughout the organizations to get different feedback and understand what's happening throughout the organization so you can have a true picture as a decision maker. I, I absolutely love it. I, I want to add in a couple points here. We um, In the actual PDF, it talks about body language. And people will sit on a call mm, uh-huh. at people express that they, when they laid me off, they didn't even bother turning on their cameras. I think it's really important that you, you turn on your camera, you show up dressed to like, oh, I just rolled in for my jog is not the look you want to have. Um, showing empathy for the employee, but also showing support in your appearance and not being on your cell phone on another thing. Um, and really just being in a quiet space, um, if you can, in order to do these, if it's virtual or if it's in the office, to do these communications. Because that sets a completely different tone when you're laying people off virtually and you do not turn on your cameras. It is, it is very disheartening because there is, no, there is no human to human. And it's really important to have that human to human in a very stressful point in this in this employee's life. It is very, very important to do that. So I, I highly encourage you to do that. If it's over the phone, the same thing. Um, you aren't lying in bed. You aren't like outside, maybe outside of your kid's soccer game where you, everybody's waving at you, wanting to talk. You know, you need to have some type of separation and barrier to, to be able to make these difficult calls and maybe do it with um, yourself and somebody and one other person. Right. I was like, hey, hey, Melissa, I'm calling. This is your manager, such and such. And then I also have Kimberly from HR on here. She's going to give you like the next steps of what happens. Right. And that way you can split up who says what on the call. And let's let's just talk about don't do information overload. And you're going to get these 22 things like, hey, the first thing is, you know, I want to ensure this is your still a good personal email. It is great. You're going to receive an email and in that email is going to have multiple steps in there. 
but mm-hmm. pretty much it'll be what is your severance package, how you can provide rate um, our overall um, survey about your experience will come from this company, but we'll provide that. And how do you access your last pay stub and how will you get your access, your W-2 for 2022 electronically? So that's what's in those five, those, it, that'll come in that email, just the final things. And then if you have questions, um, you can call me, but I'm doing a lot of these outbound calls right now. There's an 800 number that'll be in that email if you have questions about your severance package. And so you really want to keep it very concise about it's going to come to you an email. And also you'll receive in the mail three different pieces of, of, of information, which is a hard copy of your separation letter. You'll also receive your severance package hard copy, and you'll receive a paper um, survey feedback form that you can provide anonymously feedback about your experience with the organization, like keeping it very concise, like, oh, it's, it's 138 bubble questions. Make sure you have a number two pencil. Mm-hmm. Like, don't do that. Just keep it very high. Like, when are they going to see their last paycheck? Is it going to still be direct deposit? Is it going to be paper check? Um, what happens to their 401k, their healthcare benefits going to end at the end of the month on the last day, which is the 30th, 31st. So if you need to get things scheduled, you'll get information about healthcare, whether it's COBRA. You want to keep like if it's healthcare, last paycheck, um, their their retirement plan, and then what additional support you have for them as far as like resume writing, interview skills, job hunting skills, things like that. And then like, you're like, oh, and then it'll also be information about how to return your company equipment. Like that could be last. That's the last thing on their mind is how they can return your ish. Um, and but you still say it's how to how they're going to receive that information and how do they get back in contact with the organization if they have questions. And sometimes we forget those things, but keep it condensed to maybe five things at most. Um, but they need they want to know where their money at, period. <laughs> um, and and yeah, because yeah, because that's really the driver. They, they still have to take care of themselves and their families or in house household or a household, another household. So I think it's really important to do that as well. Um, so I was, uh, I was, I just wanted to make sure uh, we, we talk about that. If, yeah, um, if you can, if you can, I would say just being con- concise is very, very important. And, and drafting it out a few times as to what needs to be in there and clickable links and next steps. Um, and so the email itself can be concise too and they just go to the links that walks them step by step. Um, so test everything out before you send it out as well. Know whether it works in Chrome, Safari. Uh, some people are still on, not Internet Explorer, whatever they call it. I think I- it's... Um... Oh shoot, I forgot the name. Yeah, it's not Internet Explorer anymore. Yeah. I don't use it way, but if it's duck duck go, um, sea monkeys, mm-hmm. whatever, check ten different, <laughs> ten different browsers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you need to call them because you don't know what your people going to use, and just so you know it works, and you tell them like, hey, we know it works in Safari, Chrome, and IE. If you're using something else, just let them know. You don't know if they're going to be able to access it, but these are the three, three that you know it works. So just really, really help them make it as less stressful as possible. Um, and the last thing I will say is definitely we'll drop our email addresses. If you want um, a copy of this, 
or Melissa, I'll, I'll let you add that. Um, I just want to say one other thing. It's not easy on either side, but showing up and being empathetic is going to be very important during this time. Um, if you've never been laid off, you've never had parents being laid off, it is very important. And I, and I was just talking to someone today about this is that when you go through, whether you're on the HR side or not the management side and you're doing the calls for layoffs, look at the demographics of who you're laying off. Mm -hmm. some, some people will notice some patterns in who they lay off and others of you won't, won't see patterns, um, which is good. But some of you will see edge. Okay, it's, it's, it's edge. Edge That's is not, Okay, edge. That edge. It's on the edge, all right. But some of you will see <laughs> with your layoffs. And, and that's why I've been asking questions. I've been trying to get discussions around equitable layoffs. Twitter's, you ain't got to worry about it being equitable. It was just a tsunami, a tsunami, a tsunami, um, as, as Giselle had put in, in the comments. And it was just everywhere all at once, overpowering the employees as well as the uh -huh. users. So I think that's important as well that you, you simplify it, you humanize it. I think a lot of the human has been taken out of, out of layoffs and reduction in force. Mm -hmm. and, and you have to go back to, to that. Um, when you do, it, it is an improvement in employee experience on their way out. And it, and it really has to change. So communication, mm -hmm. not only verbally, but also um, in, via email, any anything that you send out. Also, I want to say, I know what it was, bonuses. If they're like, hey, your end of year bonus will still hit your account in February. Um, and so you want to make sure they know things like that. Um, anything that may have to do with their finances. Some people took loans out against their 401k to buy homes. Like, hey, that's going to be due mm -hmm. now. You're no longer with the company. So it's like, hey, so... What are some red, some big major impacts your employees may have? You probably want to outline, not necessarily in that conversation, but in an email or paper snail mail information that you're going to send out. So they are prepared as best as possible for um, the changes that are going to mm -hmm. happen from the loss of a job. So I will, I will say that much. Okay. And I, we're in our last few minutes. So Melissa, any last thoughts? I know some people want to get a copy of what, what we shared on as far as tips. How can they do that? Sure. I apologize. I did not put the QR code on that infographic. So in the comments uh, where you are, drop your email address and we'll be sure to get the PDF over to you um, or either DM one of us on LinkedIn and we'll get it to you uh, that way. If that'll be better than that way. Uh, we'll just send it to you in, in the uh, message on LinkedIn. But, you know, to, you know, kind of end this is, you know, we, we, it's kind of like a cycle, you know, check on your people, uh, make sure that they're okay. Don't just be the decision maker sitting up top and not really understanding. Sincerely go into these departments, see what's going on. When there's layoffs, talk to your people, treat them like humans and just, you know, be, be human about it and not, you know, so cold uh, with everything. So, you know, other than that, we kind of hit a lot of points on the communication, 
where you need to be, um, your SOPs, frameworks, uh, laying off, and just being open and transparent. I think if you remember that, being open and transparent, everything else will probably fall into play. Yeah, I, I agree. Humanize the entire process. So everybody, thank you so much for joining us. We will be back in two weeks. Two weeks. We'll be back on the 24th of January. I, I was about to jump to July. Because I'm ready for it. <laughs> she said, uh, excuse me, ma'am. Can you at least work through the quarter? <laughs> I'm, 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 a, I'm a, you know, I'm back to the future. I got the flux capacitor repaired in DeLorean. I can go back to the future. I'm just saying. So, yeah, I get. I guess. I guess I can work through the quarter. I'll, I'll work yeah, she it. jumped all the way to July. Please excuse her. <laughs> the funny thing is, I should have started stopped at least June because that's my birthday. But I, 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 I went over. I, maybe I was just skipping a year of getting older, but still being as beautiful and fabulous. I don't know. But just, I mean, just leaped all over that. <laughs> I do what I can when I can. Well, so, I appreciate that. Okay. Open and transparency. <laughs> exactly. So this is a new series on communication, which is really imperative in every organization, but we're specifically talking about it for manufacturing organizations, even though we talked about tech, because y'all, they doing some wild stuff over there. Y'all might want to take some notes from some manufacturers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, how to do stuff a little bit better i'm just saying a little a little wow. bit better yeah so all right uh, all right everybody we will see you in two weeks you want to mark your calendar for 6 p.m eastern time 5 p.m central and giselle you on the wrong coast it's 3 p.m pacific oh i'm <laughs> sorry giselle, giselle. <laughs> I'm, I'm reading a comment here Oh, 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 I can throw, we, we have a couple minutes. Let me I see. I want to know who this is that said, oh, 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 that's a Marvel movie. <laughs> that is Stephanie. That is Stephanie, not Stephanie Mills, but Stephanie um, Cole. She is out of Harlem. So she was like, yeah. So Stephanie is very much a creative. She was like, I can see this right now. The missing pages, last employee standing. Let me tell you, let me tell you, I was, let, me, let me tell you real quick. What had happened was one of my teammates, we were in Asheville, North Carolina in a sales center, but we had manufacturing floor connected to the building. Like literally it was the next wall. We had cubicles, the walls that set to the, to my right was where manufacturing happened. Well, Raleigh was where this particular manufacturing facility was where this lady had relocated. She was a planner from Wisconsin to, North, to Raleigh. One of my teammates went to Raleigh and he was like, y'all, the reason she not responding to our emails, she's on the manufacturing floor asking, answering questions about how to build it because they're missing pages. It's like, so don't get upset because she's not responding. She's not responding because she got to be on the floor to teach her how to make the orders we take it. Mm. We was like, so, well, so we getting our bonuses, our sales commission, because she actually got to teach them how to make it. I was like, plus a, plus a regular job. And so I think it's really important that, it, and I still have these conversations so people still don't realize we're in the middle of a pandemic. Continue to give people grace because you really don't know what's going on in their household. Um, you don't know. It's like, well, they had COVID back in 2021. They could have long COVID. They could have issues with their kidneys, their lungs, their heart. Somebody in their family could be having issues. And they're now a caregiver where 
and the person's 30 or 40 and they weren't expecting to be a caregiver this early with a partner or a family member or somebody in their community. So continue to give people yep. grace. Go ahead. Go ahead, Melissa. I mean, right there, when you say give people grace, not only dealing with, you know, COVID and, you know, the results from that, financially, people are having such a hard time right now because everything is going up except the paychecks. So it, people are just still struggling of just trying to make ends meet. And majority of the time, it's not that somebody's living out of their means. It's just this economy just done. Again, there was no warning. It was like, here it is. And we're like, oh, shoot, wait. You know, but we, we, have, we have no choice but to just fall into and be like, hey, this is it. This is life. We got to adjust some stuff. And, you know, that grace comes from people in the realizations like I didn't have to struggle before. I didn't have to, you know, try to decide, you know, what I need to buy or how much I need to buy. I, you know, if I want to go to the mall, no big deal. I can go buy me a pair of shoes. But now it's like, oh, hold on, let me hold on to that shoe money because I don't know. So, yeah, giving people grace because the emotion of going through all of this is is, is hard on people. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. We're we going to have some communications about communications on the value and the worth of employees when, but you're not, it's not showing up in the paycheck. So we're going to, we're going to have those conversations too. So everybody, we're going to get out of here this time, but um, continue to give grace to those because there's a lot going on in the world right now. See y'all in two weeks. Bye everybody. Two weeks.